and welcome everyone. I am Caleb Flaggy and this is the Made in Gainesville podcast. On this show, you'll hear stories and get insights from business owners and leaders from across the nation that have ties to Gainesville. On this episode, we'll hear from Gary McLean, a bodybuilder, personal trainer, diet coach, and DJ. Gary will describe the level of intensity and dedication it takes to be a bodybuilder. He'll also give us nutrition and workout advice for us regular people that just want to live healthier and happier lives. We'll talk about Instagram and whether or not it's a positive for our health and body image. Finally, we'll talk about the business side of training, DJing, and how Gary maintains a work-life, family, and training balance with all that he has going on. Enjoy! What attracted you to bodybuilding? Um, you know, I always had a interest in fitness and training. When I was in high school, um, being on the weightlifting team kind of gave you a, gave me this freedom, this edge of like building yourself not only physically but the mental side of it and the the whole aspect of the camaraderie with the other guys lifting and whatnot. So as I got older and uh, was drumming and, and stuff like that, I, I felt the need to stay in shape being a marching band. And um, I kind of trickled that over once I got out of marching band. You know, I marched in the uh, drum line at UF. And, um, you know, when you get out of school and you age out, it's like, all right, what now? You know, you've been drumming all these years and it takes up so much of your time. Um, but I had devoted so much time to the gym. I said, you know what, let's let's look at a different avenue. So I kind of got a little more serious in the gym and uh, things picked up. And I, I started really focusing on looking at you know what's what are the details now not just going to the gym to work out but what are the details and and what I want to do because there's also uh my schooling was exercise fizz so having that background you want to take that to the next level and uh that whole thing catapulted and I and I got a hold of Arnold Schwarzenegger's um encyclopedia of bodybuilding and when I started reading that, I was like, man, this is loaded with just good material and knowledge. And um, so as I read and read and read, which this thing is, I mean, well over a thousand pages, you, you, you start to really dig in and, and start to put yourself in this and say, man, what can I use from this? What can I take from this? <clears throat> and also looking at my background uh, with schooling and whatnot. So I started applying a lot of things and, and uh, I just started changing quickly and, um, I said, I'm going to give this, you know, a good couple of years, two, three years, and just train and build my physique and see what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, finally one day I just pulled the trigger. And um, it was it was kind of a weird thing when it happened. Um, I was training pretty regularly. And my, my uh, kind of to deviate from this, but my parents passed away. And on my mom's last leg, you know, she was in hospice and my dad had already passed away and I was like man I gotta channel this energy somewhere or I'm gonna derail and uh, I didn't I didn't want to go down this the path that most would go down so I really took it in stride and said all right let's let's find a discipline in this um, because I had so much discipline from um, you know from being in marching band and and being on the drum line and, and, and taking the time to focus on music and really putting that effort at that high of a level, I said, man, I can I can channel this energy here and see what it does for me. So when uh, I think it was about three, three or four weeks, um, you know, my mom, uh, before she had gone in the hospice, and I said, you know what, let's go ahead and just start this process. So I started dieting and, and, and doing the little details day by day to keep my mind off of, 
you know, what was to come. And I, I remember, I guess it was like a week before she passed away and I was standing there <clears throat> by her bedside and she couldn't talk or anything like that. But I, I knew that there was, I needed to share with her that I was okay. So I, I looked at her and I said, Hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. And, and, you know, remember all this I've been doing along the way. And, uh, she kind of would blink and that was, we had a code. It was a, a blink once for, for yes and blink twice for no. So she blinked once and, uh, I would continue. And I, and I told her, Hey, you know, I'm going to do this bodybuilding show in honor of you guys. And this is going to keep me on track to where I don't feel like I'm going to fall off the hinges. And she, she blinked again. And then I started seeing the tears roll down her face. And I said, man, there's something here. So, uh, Fast forward, I guess it was about three months later. Um, I did a 16-week prep. And three months later, I get on stage, and, I, and I, I remember walking out on the stage, and I was just like, I got chills to the bone. And I felt like they were there with me, and I just had this presence of like, this is it. This is what I need to be doing. This is what's going to keep me grounded. And this is what's going to keep me focused on the next kind of phase in life. You know, after doing something for so so disciplined with with band and drumline for so long, and uh, here I am now, still doing it. <laughs> right, so you said you done you did weightlifting in high school, and um, mm-hmm. I mean you're you're in good shape then, but you were you know nothing the size of what you are today. No, not even close. So, so what does it take? I mean, you're lifting weights, but you're still not as big as you are now. What what ta- what does it take to transform your body? You know, like that. Yeah. So. So there's a few different stimulus, you know, the the main thing is, number one is obviously training. Um, you have a level of training to where, you know, you, you, you can go in and you can train to stay kind of where you're at, um, stay in general health, general shape. You have things that you can train for, whether it's, you know, other, uh, other sports or um, different, you know, challenges. Like some people even cycle, they, they lift pretty, pretty hard. But when it comes to bodybuilding and even powerlifting, there's a level of training that you have to go to that's just unprecedented. You you have to really be able to get in there. You're lifting weights that you don't think you can lift. You're constantly trying to push the envelope to keep getting stronger, keep getting bigger. But the key is doing it with a, a focus um, without, you know, not to hurt yourself. So, for example, you know, you see... You know, you see someone that may squat 135, 215, 225, something like that on a regular basis, which is, you know, it's, it's commendable. Most people can't even squat their own body weight. But when you're getting into trying to build world-class legs and things like that, you're, you're really pushing the envelope saying, okay, you know, I got 225, you know, squatting, you know, 8 to 10 reps. And once that becomes easy... Now it's time to move up. You move up. You move up. Next thing you know, you're squatting 405. And, you know, that's four, four 45-pound plates on each side. And when you take that off the rack and you're holding it, it, it really it tests you to a point where you're like, all right, I have to lock into this and make sure that everything is on point to where I can handle this. Um, so so what that does, though, is is it creates a level of breakdown of muscle tissue and that muscle tissue breakdown is what's going to cause more growth. So along with that comes nutrition and, you know, your nutrition and your supplementation, which feed recovery um, and also give you a certain level of, of storage. 
So when I say storage, I mean, you know, food storage. A lot of times we, you know, carbs are a general source of uh, energy that we all kind of use, but you you have to have a certain amount that's going to work well for your body. Some people don't do well with carbs. Some people do very well with carbs, depending on your metabolism. So that's one area that you have to really judge and look at, you know, how your output is with a certain amount of food um, and uh, how your progression is, is with, with the weight training. And then from there, you know, your recovery time is huge. With, and that means from sleeping to the supplementation the right way, all the way down to just basic water intake. You know, you, you think about how much we, we're made of water. We're 70% water. Um, water and sodium contract muscle. So if you're low on water, you're low on sodium, you can forget it. Your lips are going to be down, so that means your progression is going to be down. So a lot of times you'll notice, uh, you know, the average person, and this can, you know, anyone can kind of take this for themselves, but, you know, you might be a recreational drinker, but at the same time, you might like to go to the gym. So you put two and two together, well, alcohol is a dehydrator. And you may drink over the weekend and go to the gym on Monday, and Mondays are always horrible. You can't figure out why. Well, something as simple as I need to make sure I rehydrate myself. There's nothing wrong with having your drinks, but Sunday, you know, pick up the pay, pick up the pieces, get your get your hydration back in order, get your sodium intake back up, and and that's going to give you that edge to be able to go in the gym and keep pushing. So now, there's a lot of people out there like me that lift weights consistently. You know, our diets are pretty good, probably not as well regulated as yours, but you know, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, so one would think that people like me would at least be like halfway to where you're at you know <laughs> but i'm like a fifth of your size like what what does it take to make that extra step forward you know to get where you are i mean is it really that you know just all those extra fine tunings make you you know so, that much better off yeah so you know there, there's definitely that um i think more than anything and this is something that just because i've been doing it for so long now i can speak on it uh but it's it's the the detail to the consistency um most people with anything, you know, if you're going to be good at something or great at something, you have to be able to live a lifestyle around it. It's got to be week in, week out. You're not missing meals. You're not missing training sessions. You're you're making sure you're getting your rest. So your whole life basically revolves around what's going to be the best way to get the best performance so I can grow like I need to grow. Um, I've seen guys, girls, up and down, up and down, up and down year after year because they can't keep it together. Um, but then there's someone like myself who, you know, I started this journey at 154 pounds. And, you know, I sit in my off season now, like 245. Um, and I compete around now, this year will be a little different. Uh, I used to compete in light heavy class. Um, but this year I'll be right around 212 to 15 on stage. So you, you, you take, you, you look at the, the change in, in, in the, the consistency that I've done over the years to constantly just put on new muscle, it really takes that being that diligent. Um, and, and of course, you know, it's like anything else, there's genetic components, uh, but that's, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. So I'm sure we can get into that. <laughs> well, that was my next question. How much does genetics come into play and can you, you know, outwork bad genetics? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes and no. Uh, genetics, genetics are, to an extent, you have a certain build, right? We all have a, a muscle bellies, the way that our muscles insert, um, how long your your bones are. 
and I don't mean that height wise because height can be very you know varying thing also but let's just go this route first um you know if you if you're genetically predisposed to put on muscle pretty easily or you're naturally a strong person you're naturally going to progress a lot faster than most would that don't have those 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 edges um the other side of it is well how does your physique look you know you can put on anybody can put on muscle but does your physique flow well enough to where it looks you know i i've seen guys that look like they're 260 270 but they're like 240 and that's just because of the way their, their their bodies flow and that's one cool thing about bodybuilding it's not always, you know, chase muscle, chase muscle. It's like, all right, well, I've got enough muscle now. Let's look at the details and how I can put this thing together. Um, and that's where you have to say, can you beat the genetics? And it's not I won't say necessarily beating the genetics because they are what they are. But you have to now fine tune around what you have. So let's just say, for example, you got a guy with great arms and you don't have great arms. Well, you don't go to the guy that's got great arms and ask him how to get great arms because he genetically has them. But you can then look at that and say, all right, well, I need to figure out how I can build my arms a little more, whether that means more frequency, uh, different technique, uh, something that you may respond to differently. So that's where the game comes in. And that's the fun part of it for me, whether it's myself or, you know, someone I'm helping. Um, and, and so those those two kind of play on the sides of whether you're, genetics are superior or if you can actually outdo the genetics and in sculpture physique in a way that eh, you know um prime example uh arnold schwarzenegger in his prime um he didn't have his calves were horrible and he he in his in the going back to the book the encyclopedia of bodybuilding there's a story in there where he talks about uh, he used to take his photos and his photo shoots in water and he would stand like a, a little above, uh, below the knee, so you couldn't see his calves. And the whole point was that because everything else was great, but his calves sucked. So he was like, you know what? Well, I'm gonna kind of, I need to step it up and build some calves. And so he took that and 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 really focused on that. And that was his. Uh, it became one of his strong points. So genetically speaking, he wasn't great, but he beat him, so to speak, in that way. So I talked a lot about nutrition already but how big of a role you know is nutrition because i you know you see people try to get big by just Mm -hmm. eating you know anything and everything oh yeah um i mean there's all sorts of different methods that people seem to take you know what you know what are people doing wrong what should they be doing uh you know uh (laughs) the whole eating at anything and everything is probably the biggest downfall and i get the concept uh, especially when you're young, you know, you think, man, I just need to pound calories so I can have enough calories to surplus, you know, growth. And, you know, we all think about the caloric intake, calories in versus calories out. And there's there's truth to that, but you have to look at what kind of calories they are. So, for example, in 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 any physique building process, whether it's, you know, like I said, bodybuilding or you're a track athlete or, or, or any other kind of athlete, you have to uh, look at what your, your sources are. So in bodybuilding, we, we kind of go generally around a range of uh, what we call macronutrients. And macronutrients are, you know, across the board. I think most people should focus on that. But um, that's the general profile of what our our bodies are made of and what we accept. So that means protein, carbohydrates, and healthy fats. Um, 
and putting those into place is 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 the the interesting part. So you can you know you can pound all of it, you know, in in different aspects of the day. But is it going to benefit you? Are you going to hoard extra body fat? You have to look at how these things play out and how they work. So this is where the cool part comes in for me and why I love doing what I do so much, whether it's helping myself or other people. Um, you know, your protein is your building blocks. So you think about, like I said, with water, you know, we're 70% water, but at the same time, um, outside of our, our bone structure, skeletal system, um, muscle is what that's, that makes up the rest of us is outside of our organs. So what makes you function, what, what tears down when you're training is your muscles. So you have to be able to feed the muscles so they can grow and, and recover. And so that's what protein is a guarantee. It has to be there. Um, Again, going back to the carbs, so carbs being an energy source, uh, they're, they're great to have. But again, this is something now you have to say, well, where do I need to put these carbs? You don't want to go and, 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 and eat, you know, a thousand carbs in one sitting. Um, and that's where some people screw up. You may say, oh, well, I'm finished at the gym. I'm going to go eat a smash a pizza. Yeah, it's not going to do so well. And the reason that that being an issue is because yeah the, the crust and all that is carbs but there's a lot of other factors you have to take in that different preservatives uh the cheese cheese being a whole another issue so you have to now say i need clean sources so i usually like to go along the routes of you know rice potatoes um uh different you know oatmeal things like that even on the fruit you know good fruits are, are they, they play a role in glycemic index so those are places you can go with that and use those as fuel sources. And then the other aspect with healthy fats, the healthy fats play a huge role in numerous things. But in 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 this system, um, they kind of play in a sense of, of slowing things down. So I like to use an analogy, um, kind of using like a fire, right? So you build a fire and you have logs. So your logs are going to burn slow. Those are going to be your fats. Fats tend to burn slow just because of their makeup. Um, kindling is your carbohydrates. So that kindling that you use to start the fire is what's going to be your fast burning. So carbs are your fast burning. So when you put these two together, you have to say to yourself, all right, well, how am I going to use this? Do I need this? Do I need to preserve the carbohydrates that I'm using? If that's the case, then you want to pair some good healthy fats in a decent amount to where you can slow it down enough to where you can sustain it. So prime example some of that might be good is like you know pre-workout um and and and, you know it may be 30 45 minutes before you go to the gym but now you're going to have a prolonged source of of nutrients and energy source while you're training so you don't burn out um and then you know another area you may say post-workout i don't need i don't need fats as much because i just want to recover I want to get some food in my system and, and, and feed the metabolism that's already there, but I don't need to be slow. So you may just mix, mix fats all together and just leave a protein carbohydrate kind of set up there. And, and, and that'll be that'll be that. So, you know, going into the grand picture of it all, you want to use all those things for your building blocks and stay away from the, the junk and the, the extra things that that all kind of lay over top of each other. A lot of processed foods have you know, extra, extra crap in them. There's extra fats and extra carbs that don't matter. You can't really source them. So you end up, you end up exceeding a caloric intake, but you also end up setting yourself up to, to gain a lot of extra body fat. That's, that's not needed. And at some point you got to get that off. If you want to look the part to see the muscles that you, you know, you've just put on.
Now, can you gain muscle without also gaining the body fat? Yes and no. Um, you're gonna run into you're gonna run into a window of of, of uh, kind of a plateau, and you can get lean, you know, build lean muscle tissue. But if you're bodybuilding, you're trying to really get some some pure size. You're gonna have to put on some some body fat at some point, and that's just because the surplus you have to have to push your body to be able to grow the amount of muscle it needs. Um, caloric intake is the, is the answer. So let's just say, for example, you take, you know, myself using the off season, I you know I push anywhere from 45 to 5,500 calories, but they're all clean clean calories. Um, I, I usually have a cheat meal once a week, sometimes twice depending on the week, but uh, and that that will consist of nine times out of ten pretty much whatever i want but i'm a big fan of <laughs> i'm a big fan of tacos man that's like my go-to so i'll go and smash you know eight tacos and you know some chips and salsa that kind of thing um and then there's times where i may just do two three burgers and fries but that's that's one day that's not a, a continuous thing where some people do that every day um yeah that's me <laughs> So, you know, you have to look at where you're getting your, your sources from. But then outside of that, you know, that that extra surplus is now saying, all right, well, I, I can only really handle, you know, 3,500 calories safely without putting on a lot of extra body fat. But if I want to push the boundaries and really start putting this muscle on, I got to go up here and I'm going to put on a little fat with it. But that's OK, because now what's that's going to do? That's going to feed your lifts. So your lifts are going to be stronger, which is what going to break down more muscle tissue to build more you know bigger muscles stronger muscles so all in all it goes hand in hand and then you know from that point you say all right i'm going to go ahead and start kind of chipping away and you know you slowly bring yourself down you don't have to go crazy but it's enough to where you can see the work you've put on you the muscle you've put on in over a, you know eight month to, to ten month time frame and at that point you can really see man i'm back down to this 3500 calorie mark and I, and I look good and I've, you know, I may have put on, you know, three, four pounds of muscle and that may not sound like a lot, but three, four pounds of muscle is a lot. When you think about, you know, just think about like chicken breast or lean steak and you get a 16 ounce steak, that's a pound. So you 16 ounce steak is a pound of meat. You've just put on a pound of muscle, multiply that three or four times. So that's where you really got to know what you're doing and think like, okay, I can, that's what I want. So I need to make sure and focus on doing it. Now, there are just so many, you know, goofy supplements and all that out there. You know, mm -hmm. what, you know, what should people be taking? Good question. Um, when you think about sports supplementation, uh, you, you want to look at what's going to give you uh, the, the best, the best edge in the sense of performance. So, Performance can go, you know, like, for example, pre-workouts. Pre-workouts are everywhere. There's tons and tons of them, but a lot of them are filled with heavy stimulants. And these stimulants can, I don't, I don't want to say they're going to uh, kind of throw you off, but in a way they do because you get a false sense of what you're really doing and who you really are. Um, are you doing this because you love it? Are you, are you really, can you go in the gym without that and really get after it? If that's the case, then you want to use something that's going to give you enough to, to focus, not necessarily crack you out and just make you go go nuts. Because once you, once you go nuts, like at some point you're going to crash and burn. But at the same time, you set yourself up for, for failure, whether it means being hurt, uh, you know, heart issues. I mean, I see heart issues all the time. But 
a lot of that is because you think about the stimulus that are in there. Let's just say, you know, caffeine. Everyone knows how caffeine works. You may take one scoop of something. It's got 350 milligrams of caffeine. On average, your average cup of coffee has about 80 you know, milligrams of caffeine. So if you can drink a cup of coffee and get a jolt out of it, why not use that? You know, so you have to think minimally what you can use to get what you need. Um, so a lot of times I'll just say, hey, you know, I tell most of my clients, you know, let's build a let's build a little simple stack for you. That's going to give you response, but it's not going to make you you know go crazy. And and so for me, I usually like to use um, I use a caffeine supplement and that can be coffee, it can be a caffeine pill, whatever the case is. Um, green tea extract, which is a great one. It's a vasodilator, so that's going to give you a higher increase of blood flow. And it's also going to give you a metabolic boost. So the two of those together, you know, you, you got a boost of energy right there. Then um, some of the other compounds are like two of the main ones. Uh, beta alanine is a great one. Um, and citrulline malate. These two are going to help with, you know, performance output, contraction, muscle hardness with the, with the blood, the pump you want. Everyone wants to go in the gym and get a pump. Why, why go, you know, otherwise it's just not, it's not fun at that point. So those, those four right there do so much. Once you get past that, I mean, you're kind of just nickel and diamond, you know what I mean? You say, okay, I can use a little bit of, you know, NOS, which is a, a, um, a nitrogen oxide type booster. And that's something that's going to give you again, more vasodilation, more of a, a, a upkick, you know, in, in, in focus. So all those things that kind of go outside of that, eh, really not necessary. You know, you're just going to burn yourself out. And, and, and next thing you know, you're like, oh, I need something else. And I need something else. And you end up running through, you know, 10 different pre-workouts, but they're all give you the same thing. And that's why you can't stay on a plane where I can use this and it's going to work for me every single time. Yeah. Vegan and plant-based diets have become very popular. Can you see muscle mass gains on these types of diets? Okay, let's put it like this. <laughs> yes, you can, but to what degree? That's that's what you have to look at. What are you trying to get? You know, if you're if you're trying to bodybuild, no, you're just not going to get that level because you, you just don't have the protein synthesis and the protein the, the the branch chain amino acids that make up the profile to build muscle. It's just not going to be at the same level. The amount of protein you need to build a decent amount of muscle, it, it's negligible in, in in those type of diets. Now, if you're just someone that's trying to get in shape and be fit, yeah, you can you can you know get a decent amount of muscle, um, but it's only going to get you so far. So most people that com- that compete, you know, they, I've seen a few people compete, but they don't compete at a high level. Um, they usually compete in different organizations that are you know. Uh, on a smaller scale or they they kind of gear towards that style of, of dieting or different styles of dieting um most people that that are serious about bodybuilding they're they're eating meat yeah there's just no way around that <laughs> so in relation to meeting body composition goals what is the biggest thing you see people doing that's wrong oh gosh <laughs> or a few of them if you can't narrow it down to one yeah yeah uh, <clears throat> let's let's do a few of them um more times than not it's not being consistent and that that's just even if you got the blueprint laid out you you can be nailing you know two or three days a week but even if you miss meals some people just can't they're like I, I didn't eat today or i was too busy or this or that 
you're going to run into problems is because you're not feeding yourself. So the body does weird things. It's very smart. It knows how to do what it needs to do. So when it's underfed, it'll hoard, it'll hoard fat. And a lot of times in our society these days, most people under eat just because the lifestyles we live in America, it's, it's, it's hustle, bustle, fast pace. Um, you eat things on the go. And a lot of things you eat that are on the go are usually things that are going to kind of prolong your digestion. So you're not going to want to eat for five, six hours where if you're eating clean, whole foods, you're going to break that down pretty quickly and be hungry and, you know, in two and a half, three hours. So it's, you know, at that point it's time to eat again. Um, so, so what I see generally with that is, Hey, look, man, like I'm really trying, but I, I just can't seem to get this consistency going. And, they want to they want to lose that last bit of you know 15 20 pounds of fat but just as much as you think that well if i eat less i'm going to i'm going to burn the fat it's the complete opposite so that being i'd probably say the biggest one um the other one is is a lack of training intensity training intensity is everything if you go in the gym and <laughs> i'm sure anyone that goes to the gym has seen this numerous times you got the people in there that want to go in there and talk for two hours. They'll do a set over here. They'll go and talk for twenty minutes. They'll go do a set over here. You're not you're not getting the you're not getting the training, and training is is what's going to make this. So let's just say, for example, by the time you get your heart rate up and you're breaking down muscle tissue, you're now in a zone to where your body's thriving. It's using stored nutrients. It's using stored body fat, and it's actually. In, the increase of blood flow with with all the nutrients that are in your blood flow they're feeding the muscle tissue so that's where that's why it's good to get in and get out focus what you're doing get in get out it's okay to talk here and there but you know if you're going to do that or if you're going to kind of go in there and just lackluster and lift weights that are so-called easy um you know i see it all the time my clients you know they're like god you really want me to lift this this is heavy and i'm like it's supposed to be it's just called stimulus <laughs> you know we got to stimulate these things in order for them to respond Otherwise, we're not going to get anything out of this. You're just going to keep spinning your wheels. You're going to look at me like, well, what am I paying you for? So that's why it's so it's so necessary. Those two things I'd probably say are the best ones to the biggest ones um, that people need to look out for. Now, when you're saying consistency with the workout, I mean, do you need to be in there seven days a week, mm. three hours a session, or what does that look like? Uh, so, so on average, you know, on average, Recovery time for most people is going to, they're going to need some days. So on average, three days a week is, is ideal. Um, if you can really hone in on everything detail-wise, you're eating like you should, your supplementation like you should, five days is, is prime time. Because now you're training. You're, you're actually training and you're pushing yourself to be at a high level. So when you think about it, an athlete or someone that you may admire you know, they're, they're, they're living the life and they're getting after it, you know, five to seven days a week. And those, those other two, you know, days a week that are not high intensity, there's still some low intensity. We, you know, we call those, um, kind of low intensity recovery days. So you may go do some light cardio. You may do some mobility stuff. You may do some light movements that you just need that you want to improve on. You know, some people have, uh, you know, uh, structural issues that they have to get around as far as form. So let's just say, you know, someone that dead, that wants to deadlift really bad and they can't deadlift because their form is bad. They're around they're right on the lower back <clears throat> and they're, they're constantly pulling from areas they don't need to. So that may be a day you say, you know, let's go in and just focus on form. Lighten the load, get in position, focus.
focus on the position, build the appropriate reception around the movement so you can actually move through those modalities with no problem. And by the time you start implementing them back into your training, now you got a whole other dynamic you can add into there. So ideally three to five days a week and really pushing the intensity. And, you know, I'd say on uh, time, anywhere from 45 minutes to 90 minutes, you know, depending on what you're doing. Most times you got big, big body parts or things you're doing like a leg day or back day. You know, you're going to put a little more time in there just because they're bigger muscle groups. Um, any other days, and it can even be to the point where you're not breaking down muscle groups, but you're doing, you know, a big circuit. Sometimes big circuits, you know, they may take a lot longer because you need to recover longer in those periods. So let's just say for someone that's looking to do um, a, a training session where they're like, okay, I'm doing, you know, a little bit of high intensity in here. So I may do a bench press. I may do some medicine ball slams and I may do kettlebell swings. Well, those are all, you know, pretty high stimulus. I might say, hey, look, we're going to rest for two minutes. If you can recover faster in that time, if anything, we'll recover and we'll get right back after. But uh, most times you want to make sure you're 100% so you can actually get the best out of your lift. You keep your form going and you don't have to worry about, okay, I'm gassed out, but I'm going to try to push through this. That's where injuries happen. So I'd go that route. Let's talk about Instagram and some fitness culture for a minute. There's a lot of fitness models and people selling workout plans and crazy supplements on Instagram. Do you think overall is this healthy? Yeah, that's an interesting topic there. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a uh, there's a silver lining in this. You know, I'd say social media in general has been a, a, an interesting transition into the fitness world. Um, but Instagram primarily because you know it's all photos and videos. So if you're getting into this. You can kind of go one or two directions depending on what kind of rabbit hole you fall down. And if you're the, if you're a smart person and you're not you know you're not gullible to fall just for anything that's in front of you, it can be a great tool. There's a lot of great information out there. There's a lot of great teachers, um, exercise physiologists, down to you know just your average personal trainers that give out so much material. Um, and a lot of them I follow. Uh, I share notes with a lot of them. And then there's the other side where you got people that are doing it just for cosmetic reasons. They have no clue what they're talking about, but they're putting out information that's dead wrong. And they think it's it's they think it works or it's right because this is something that they saw someone else do. And though it may have worked for that person, um, in a theoretical standpoint, it's not something that you look at in a scientific um, exercise, you know, physio- physiological way, biomechanically, things are just off. You know, people are doing things at, at, at temples they shouldn't be doing, weights they shouldn't be doing. So you kind of follow that, and you can easily fall into a rut. And what happens is, I feel like you chase something that's not there. Um, you end up hurting yourself. You end up getting burnt out or, or hating this because it's not what you thought it was. So it, it's a catch twenty two with Instagram. But I, I'd say if anyone is really looking to use that as a source, you want to look at you want to look at the people that have high credentials. Don't look at the followers. The followers don't mean jack. People can buy followers, so you can be looking at something that's just totally, you know, illogical. But the people that have their credentials listed on the top of their page, you're not going to list credentials if it's not true. That's just, just people just aren't that ridiculous so look at that 
and look at what they're doing on their pages. Look at the amount of people they're helping. Look at their, that, in, in this day and time, pretty much it's a resume at this point. So if you can look at that and say, man, this makes sense. The things they're saying make sense. Um, they're talking in a, in a sensible, sensible manner as far as science may be concerned or, you know, biomechanically speaking, you know, you're looking at their form and how they're explaining it. That's where you want to go. But stay away from the the, the, the models and the junkies that just want attention and just, they're just trying to get likes, you know, the booty builders and all that. Stuff. <laughs> you can do booty workouts for days, but the foundation of building glutes is going to be squatting. It's going to be lunging. It's going to be the the basics. Anything outside of that is just finesse. It's just fluff. You know, and they're, they're selling these programs and they're making, you know, 30, 40 bucks a program. So to them, yeah, why not do it if people are going to be going enough to buy it? So don't, uh, just don't fall in that trap. Oh, so let's help some people out then. Who are some good people to follow on Instagram? So as, as far as, um, let, let's go this route since I'm just talking about glutes and booty builders. Um, one guy that's, that's been out for a long time. He's written for years. His name's Brett Contreras. Brett is someone I've been following for years, but he focuses on teaching you how the glute works, not just saying do this exercise. So what I mean by this, the glute in itself, gluteus maximus in itself, there's three different, you know, heads, gluteus maximus, medius and minimus. And, it's the biggest muscle group we have in our entire body. You think legs, but you know, quadriceps and hamstrings don't make up the same amount of muscle group in the, in the small space that glutes do. So when you think about how strong your glutes can be, that's going to determine how everything else can be laid out as far as your strength curve, you know, from, from supporting weight, whether squatting, deadlifting, whatever the case may be. Um, but he really focuses on using his platform and teaching the, 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 the biomechanics of it, the structure of it, and how you can actually build it versus just saying, do 15 kickbacks. It's going to, you know, it's going to round your butt out. That doesn't really make much sense because a lot of that, it's not true. It's also going to be, you know, some dietary things in there also. Um, Some others, uh, if you want to go, I'm trying to think of different, you know, realms. So I'm not sticking in one, one area. Um, but even um, Charles Poliquin, okay, Charles Poliquin has, has, he's passed away now, but he has a lot of information out. He's been around for, God, he started putting his information out back in the 70s. Um, so his his students and his his group of study that he's taught over the years have a, uh, a big platform for him. So you can go in there and pretty much see anything and everything you can think of. Um, all the way down to group pages where they come from websites. So T Nation is one, it's Testosterone Nation. They have, um, if you go on there, you can actually see leads to, to their, their website that give leads to the articles and their different writers that they have. They have writers from all different walks of life. So you've been doing this for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these you know, people like we're talking about on Instagram and them doing it for years and years and years. You know, people will see you or see some of these people and be like, I want to look like Gary. Right. And then they feel a little temptation to take some shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Are there shortcuts and do they ever work? There's really not. There's really not. You know, people people will definitely go down that road and think, man, I'll take this or I'll take that. And, and there's tons of things on the market now, you know, all the way down from, you know, obviously we know that steroids have been around in performance, you know, performance enhancing drugs have been around forever. And a lot of people think that, oh, that's the holy grail. Um, and alongside of that, there's, you know, things now that have come out with peptides, 
um, their SARMs, all these different things. So just because you take something does not mean you're going to get any any better result. The re- the results lie in the foundation of everything we kind of talked about earlier, and that means you know the nutrition, the, the the making sure you're training correctly, resting, you know, water uptake, all those things. Once you got those things laid out, if you were to implement any kind of performing performance enhancing supplement or drug, it's just going to make what you're already doing better, so to speak. But it's not going to be the end all be all. So. If you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna try to look down that road, you gotta have everything else lined up first. Otherwise, you're gonna lose the battle every time. And I've seen it. I mean, I've seen guys, I've seen girls, just literally thing after thing, trying one thing after the other. And I'm like, but you, you go to the gym twice a week. You eat like garbage. So what do you think is gonna happen? Oh yeah, but this thing's supposed to do this, supposed to do that. Nothing will do that. Not a chance. You're active on Instagram, as we already talked about, you know, giving out workout nutrition tips as well as, you know, some healthy inspiration. Mm -hmm. I noticed you use the hashtag silent rage in all your posts. What is the Uh, significance of that? Yeah, silent rage is that that's something that I I implemented Um, back when, you know, I first kind of got into really training hard. It's, you know, most people go to the gym and you'll see, you know, the people, they, oh, they hulk out or they rage out or anything like that. And I'm kind of the opposite, man. I go to the gym for me. I do it for me. I don't need to show off. I don't like antics. I don't like theatrics. So I coined the phrase silent rage just because the rage that I have is internal. It's I keep it silent. I keep it suppressed. But when I'm when I'm at the gym and I'm focused on doing what I'm doing, you may hear me slightly, but it's the internal stuff that's going on in my head like you wouldn't even be able to tap into if I said it out loud so that silent rage is literally exactly what it sounds like it's just silent demented things that go inside of my head and a lot of that came from you know channeling the energy that I had you know the anger once my parents passed away like I you know they, unless someone's been through that you won't understand but especially at 24 years old I was 24 when that happened so I had to really dig in and think, man, I, I, I could, I could go the suicide route. I could go the drug route. I could alcoholism. I could be out here, you know, fighting, going to jail. Like, and I just said, no, I'm not going to do this. And so those thoughts that I have when I get in the gym, I've just, I would just unleash on them. And one day I just said, man, this is some silent rage. And I was like, oh, I like that. And it just clicked. And that's been it ever since. Let's switch gears for a minute and talk about the business side of things. Mm -hmm. You're a personal trainer, diet coach, what types of people do you work with and what do you do for them? So personal training wise, you know, I work with a lot of, um, you know, your average, you know, all the way from house mo- housewives, house moms to, you know, business professionals and local business owners um, down to youth. And those people I focus on lifestyle primarily trying to focus on getting the details uh, lined up for them to have a successful day-by-day life. And in a way, it's not just the gym and it's not just the, the eating. It's it's their whole lifestyle. I mean, I don't want to say I'm a life coach because I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that's necessary. But I think people need guidance into their lifestyle to take care of themselves first. We do a horrible job in America of putting ourselves first. It's just, it's, it's a given. 
I don't know. I don't know what it is or why people feel like they need to just constantly be go, go, go and doing things for other people. But if you look at the trend and you look at the health parameters that people are dealing with these days, it's it's off the charts. And it's simply because people don't want to take the time to sit down and focus on themselves. And and that means building a self regimen for the day. Hey, look, when I wake up, my day needs to be structured like this. And you want to build that around making sure your nutrient intake is 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 up. Um, nutrients are everything. We're we're as as humans we're made to do two things: move and 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 take in nutrients. That's our our bodies are made to take up nutrients. And if we don't have the proper nutrients, we're gonna crash and burn. We're gonna end up sick. We're gonna end up diseased. So on and so on. So with the hustle and bustle of most people working, you know, their eight to eight to five, nine to five jobs or, you know, overnights. I work with a lot of nurses and people in the medical field. They work overnights. Your, your, your days are just all kind of jacked up outside of that. You're still trying to live a, a normal life. And that means, you know, from grocery shopping to playing with your, your kids, hanging out with friends, all these things. So your days get crammed together. And before you know it, it's Friday. And you're like, I don't, I don't know what I did this week. I feel like crap. I'm I'm burnt out. I'm tired, and you know a lot of the the late nights turn into to, you know trying to trying to wind down at night and having a drink or two, and then the weekend comes to a Saturday. I'm going out with my friends. I'm just going to get blitzed, and that blitz turns into, you know, it takes two to three days to recover from that, and once you start that cycle, it's 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 a downward spiral that's hard to get out of. So for me, I make sure that hey, look, let's structure your diet. So you can be functional with eating throughout the day. Let's structure your, your exercise. Now, I don't mean going to the gym like crazy, but even if you're at home and I say, hey, you know, go for a walk. Um, let's get some outside time in with the kids. Let's let's do a, a mini circuit, 15, 20 minute circuit. So you're moving. Movement is everything. If you don't move blood flow uh, and, 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 and the blood flow, you know, is increasing nutrients and stuff like that. Um, you're, you're causing your, you're doing yourself a disservice just because our organs can't function like they need to. They're not getting the movement and the proper accessibility to things they need. Um, muscle tension and, 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 uh, postural issues start to creep up. You know, most people sit all day. So when you don't move, you don't mobilize yourself. Those things start to increase. And what happens is you end up in your, in your, you know, your forties going into your fifties and you're just a wreck and you can't figure out why. And so a lot of times those people come walking through the door and I'm like, Hey, it's time to start from scratch. You know, I have people that I, I start from the floor crawling back to, back to basics. Let's crawl. And they're like, what do you mean? Let's crawl. And I'm like, can you crawl? They don't even remember how to move to crawl. So for me, I have to really dig into that and those patterns. And then from there we work our way back up to standing and the standing is, hey, let's pull the shoulders back. Let's get the neck in line. Let's pull the head back. Pull the chin down. Pull the chin up. You know, let's get the hips straight. Let's get the knees aligned. Um, another one is, you know, primarily with women. Women wear high heels all day um, in their professional jobs. So having high heels on, you're putting yourself in this very, very awkward position because you're you're lifted all day so your calves get tight your hamstrings get tight your low back gets tight and this just trickles to a whole another set of issues so for me i have to really get into those zones and, and break it down but it's i love it it's fun because once people start seeing themselves in this light they feel the, they feel like they move better they're 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 sleeping better they're functioning better because they're eating their day-to-day energy is better they feel great they're just like man i can't stop this 
So for me overall, that's what I love and and I get from the personal training side. Going into the the um, the kind of the coaching aspect, that's more so coaching for for athletes um, and primarily people that compete in in the world of bodybuilding. And um, it's a totally different outlet is in terms of what it takes. Uh, so it's a little bit more detailed. And what I mean by that is, um, so, you know, we're doing, we're doing a lot of times by email, um, uh, even if you're local. So I have a full set of things that I do for check-in. You send me photos, uh, week by week. And in though, in that, in that setup, I have a little bit, uh, of kind of fill in the blank and that's going to give me the notes I need that, you know, basically what you did over the week. And did, did we execute things we need to execute? If not, you know, what were your deviations and why? Um, where can we improve on these things? Because if they constantly keep happening, then I'm not going to say you need to tighten up. No, I'm going to say, well, there's a reason these things can't get tightened up. So let's figure out how we can work around that to make you successful uh, instead of getting mad. You know, I, I don't I'm a very calm and uh, thought out process type person. So I'm always looking for a solution. I'm not going to get upset or get, you know, irritated because you're not doing what I say, unless you're just being completely defiant. And you're like, I, you know, that, 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 then we just don't have relationships. So I'm not even going to entertain anymore. Um, but in, in terms of that, then, you know, coaching to the stage is uh, uh, it's a big process. You know, it, it, it takes usually 12 to 16 weeks for most people. Some people that are brand new to it, I say, hey, look, let's take nine months and just really build a physique and work on the details, the fine details outside of, you know, even looking at your physique right now. Let's make sure your meal frequency is up. Let's make sure your training frequency is like it needs to be and get used to this lifestyle. And then we can look at, okay, let's pick out a show and start getting prepared for the show. Training isn't all you have going on. You're also a DJ. What's what's going on with that? Yeah, so DJ Ruckus is my... That's my alias. Um, I've been spinning since I was in high school. So we're going on almost, we're going on 20 years here, which sounds insane. But um, I got in the, in the DJing primarily because of my dad. Man, my dad was, uh, he kind of did it as I was growing up. Um, and my sister's uh, almost 10 years older than me. <clears throat> so she had a lot of friends that would, you know, they dabbled in turntablism back in, in, in the day. When, and your dad had the most amazing DJ voice, by the way. Yeah, he did. He had this, this deep, I can't I can't even imitate it. That's, that's how awesome it was. But between that and the radio, that was his thing. And so for me, I, you know, I kind of, I like watching that. I like watching her and her friends and, you know, and just seeing the excitement you get from somebody cutting these songs in and out. And, you know, it became fun for me to kind of, they let me jump in and try something, you know. So when I got, uh, I guess I was in my junior year, one of my friends, um, uh, he was from New York, he's from Queens, and he had a setup, and I got really kind of into it then, because I was, you know, obviously I was older, and I had an interest in it, so I was like, well, man, this guy knows what you're doing already, so let's kind of, let's kind of play around with this, and um, so he got, got me interested, and uh, another friend of mine was here, he was uh, kind of doing his thing in his bedroom, he's a little younger than me, and I would go over to his house and we'd, you know, mess around back and forth and he'd show me things he had. And so the cool thing about DJing is, you know, everyone kind of shares different, you know, tools and, and creative things they've come up with outside of the basis of what, you know, we do as far as, you know, cutting music in and out. And um, after that, uh, it, it became more of a, of a challenge of like, all right, let's find records. 
let's find cool records that you know I can mix and, and put songs together with or lay over top of each other. And uh, I ended up digging through my, my my dad's records and my my grandma's records and finding old stuff. And you know when you do that for so long, you really start to build up a repertoire and you kind of have sets that you do. So these sets I would play, you know, on my own and perfect the sets. And um, that was kind of like video games for me. I didn't play video games much. That was my thing. And 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 from there it transitioned to uh, I guess it was two thousand and two thousand and two. Um, I started doing, you know, little weddings and, and things I could, I could do cause I had enough music collected at that point. And, you know, but that was back in, still in the day, you know, of carrying crates everywhere. And that got pretty tiring and hectic. Um, so I didn't do a lot. I was like, ah, I'll do it for me for right now. And then 2009 rolled around and bam, here came a product, uh, uh um, called Serato and Serato is, uh, it's a system software system that you can, um, play with uh, basically your MP3 library, and when that came around, everyone was like in the DJ. We were just shocked. We were like, "What do you even do? Like, do we trust this? Is it gonna fail on us in the middle of our sets? Or, you know, what do you do?" So I went ahead and I bought it. And and you had a at the time there was a box that you could adapt to your mixer that was called a Serato box, and that Serato box fed through your to your um, your MacBook. And all your, you know, everything was connected to the mixer and you can, you know, use your your, your library off your um, external hard drive. And uh, I did that for a while and I and I started really getting into it and collecting more and more music. And before I knew it, everything just blew up in my face. And I was I was spinning downtown in Gainesville in the clubs and I was doing weddings and I was doing parties. And, you know, here I am now and it's like a full-blown thing. And um, the cool part about now is that uh, so I'm affiliated with a, a local DJ company here, which is a friend of mine's um, called Genius Entertainment, and uh, Gerard is the owner, Gerard Bowens, and we've we've been friends. I think we met back in 2002. So when he started the DJ business 10 years ago, um, I would jump in, in and out, but you know, personal training has always been first. That's just my primary gig. Um, and, and and here recently, uh, last year, he he was like, hey, look. You know, I'm leaving town, you know, and I, if you can, I want, you know, I need some help. Can you, can you play more? And I was like, you know what? I got some time. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll jump in and, and, and join the crew. So I joined the crew and, and, you know, between my own gigs that I have and then his gigs, I, I, I pretty much spend, man, probably 40, 50 gigs a year now. And uh, it's not always on weekends, you know, it's kind of time, you know, during the week sometimes, depending on who it is. But a lot of the local businesses I do, I do events for. Um, and the cool part about being from Gainesville is that I know so many people that own businesses. So it's nice to go and collaborate with these people that I kind of grew up with or I've been around for my whole life in, in the sense of like, hey, look, you know, you give me an opportunity. I want to come, you know show you some respect in, in, in the things that you've done in your own business. So it's kind of a, a cool dynamic. Um, but what I've done now is my Instagram and, and my social media, I've, I've kind of started putting the platform together for that because I'm going to focus on um, doing some, some mixes now. So I've never really put out mixes or anything for anyone to download, but because it's so easy and accessible now, I thought, you know what, Let, let's go ahead and start putting this stuff to use because I, I've been doing it for so long. And I, I already have, I mean, I have an archive of probably 30 mixes or so that I've done over the years. 
and um, I want to start sharing them. So I, I put those out there. So you'll start seeing those soon. So you have a lot going on, bodybuilder, personal trainer, DJ. Yeah. yeah this can all be full-time jobs in themselves, but you're also married. Your wife's a bodybuilding pro. You have two children. Mm-hmm. How do you find that work-life training balance? How do you make it all happen? Man, I honestly, sometimes I don't know, but uh, I think the passion just drives me. You know, I, I, everything that I do, it, it's it's pretty much second nature, but I, I enjoy every bit of it. So I, I feel like I'm the type of person, and you enjoy something, you're going to find a way to make it happen. And um, between between the family, you know, obviously family and the kids come first, but all this is all this that I do is to provide for the family. So in my mind, I'm like, hey, look, if I can find a time where I have the free time, which I, I have a decent amount of to spend with family, um, I make sure and do that. You know, I shut the phone off. I, I, you know, I'm not playing around online, stuff like that. I'm literally spending time at home with them or going on little trips or, you know, just simply going to the pool and, and playing. You know, my, I have a two-year-old and uh, the other one is almost three months. Um, so... Between sitting on the couch and, and trying to laugh with the, the three-month-old and then, you know, tossing things around and roughhousing with my two-year-old, it's literally the best release outside of all the things that I've put a lot of focus into. Um, and then when it's time for me to focus, you know, I set my day up. My, I'm, I'm a big visual person, so I keep a vision board for the most part, and I have a lot of notes that I keep on my phone along my calendar. So when I set my calendar up on Sundays... My calendar is literally set up for for whether I have gigs coming up, um, all my client uh, um, appointments that I have, and any personal appointments that I may have, you know, this being one. Um, I make sure and fit that in. And then when I, where I see gaps, I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of me time or this is time for the family. And I just join, I just join it all in. How can people get a hold of you? Where can we find you on social media? So... If you want to find me, um, email-wise, it's it's pretty easy. It's called Train with GMAC. <clears throat> Train with GMAC at gmail.com. Um, that's an easy platform. I pretty much respond to those things all day, every day. Kind of like a text message because it comes straight to my phone. And then um, uh, Facebook, I have my regular profile, which is Gary McLean. Um, you can find me, easy search. And then my my Instagram is also Train with GMAC. And I have an Instagram DJ page and a Facebook DJ page that are both DJ Ruckus Music. So any of those places you can find me, you can message me about anything on any of them. I'll answer all of them. And um, please do, man. Even if you guys just want to ask questions or reach out just to chit-chat, I'm always open. I like talking to people, meeting new people. All right, Gary. Well, thanks for coming in. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me.